right, good morning. Today we're going to take a look at um, reality and how we decide what reality is and how we decide to cover it up. With my metaphor from a few weeks ago that reality is like a cake. Reality is the cake and everything we pile on it is the frosting. So strap in and let's see where we go. All right, off we go. It's a brisk morning out on my walk today. I was gonna talk about um, reality, circle back around to something we talked about a while back, that reality kind of seems like a cake to me, like a cake, yep, with frosting on it. So reality being whatever the thing is or the event is or the, uh, uh, whatever the noun is and then we do things to reality to make it how we want it to be or adjust it so that we can relate to it um, and that's the frosting and sometimes we put so much frosting on our reality that we can't even find our way to the cake. But I really think that if we go a little deeper than that, maybe we'll see that reality is what it is, but then there's a possibility that reality never is what it is because we can't possibly take in something without judging it or putting some frosting on it. What I'm thinking about is all the nouns, all the events, all the nouns and verbs that we do and experience and see and how we immediately associate something with it. And then we're not, a, then we're not dealing with it as it is. And really, I think the most difficult thing for me to even put into words is that reality is this, is this simple little um, thing, like just picture uh, a glass, a water cup, a glass sitting on a table and it's just sitting there and it rem reminds me of people that have a lot of knickknacks in their houses they have a lot of things on their shelves you know things that have meant something to them they put their they put something to that reality so the reality is uh, this water cup is sitting on this table and it's just sitting there. It's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. And it might sit there for days or months or years without ever being moved, without ever, um, in a sense, doing anything or being anything. It's never being anything. It's just sitting there. And so, and even the word sitting there puts something on it. It's just 
there. Cup on a table. And let's say some people are traveling and they go to, I don't know, some place in the West and they're at a special place to them. Maybe they're on their honeymoon or or they're going on a big vacation with their family and they get a little thing, a little knick-knack to remind them of that place. And they buy, maybe they buy a little dog with a bobbing head or a keychain with Yellowstone Park on it or something like that. And they attach meaning to that. They attach meaning to this thing. And now every time they look at it or think about it, they've attached maybe a feeling or a thought, an event. Oh, that was the time we did X. That was the time we went and did the thing. And when I think about this keychain, I think about that thing or that time. And we attach these thoughts. And those thoughts bring up emotions and feelings for us. Maybe the keychain or the cup reminds us that we feel good when we think about these things or we feel bad. Maybe the case is we feel bad now because something happened to alter that feeling and that reminds us of those things. It doesn't do anything. It's just a cup on a table or a keychain on a hook. Humans do that with everything. I'm walking right now and doing what I do. I walk quickly. This is my way to get my heart rate up. It's my way of doing my exercise for the day. Well, part of it. And I have attached meaning to that. It means I'll... I don't know, live longer. It means I will avoid certain diseases. It means I will feel better during the day. It means I will be able to eat ice cream occasionally because I try to burn off as much of it as I can so I don't store fat. I get outside. It means that I like the, I like the way my body feels when I'm moving. So all of this gets attached to to just doing this high-speed walk in the mornings. And now I also attach uh, once a week or twice a week. I talk on my podcast microphone and I record something. And now that's attached to this walk. We all do this. Uh, I Okay, I shouldn't say all, but because I don't know about every eight every billion minds out there, but let's just say it's the human way of doing things. We attach meaning, we attach a feeling, a thought, an emotion to things. So I don't know how many ways we do this during the day, but it's a lot. It's every moment of our day, we're thinking about something, we're attaching meaning to it, 
here's a good example right now. I'm walking toward him, a person who has a dog, and I see this person most days on my walk, and I really like the dog. I attach meaning to this dog. Through my experience, I attach meaning to the dog, and I like the dog. So when I see the dog, and it's funny, I feel pretty neutral about the person. I don't really notice that person much. They're just kind of there because the dog is really sweet and gentle. And sometimes I get to pet the dog and have good feelings about it, right? So like the cup and the key fob and the other knickknacks in my world, I have attached some frosting to that dog. It's a dog, which really, it's not even a dog. That's just the word we use. It's the thing that's looks like a dog to me and I've attached some frosting to that reality the dog is the reality it's a nice dog it's a black dog it's funny it if I get my face near it it will definitely lick my face it makes a whimpering sound when it's really happy some of those are observations some of those are um, my take on the dog a take on the dog would be it likes me. I have no idea if the dog likes me. It does the things that I associate with like. So I don't know if the dog likes me. Can't ask it. I can only go by my observations, right? My my frosting on that cake. It's a dog, and the dog behaves in a way that shows me, let's say, vanilla frosting. Vanilla frosting says it's a nice dog and maybe spicy, brown, yucky frosting is a dog that wants to bite me. It's a mean dog. Because I don't like spicy food. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, this is a hard topic because just doing the podcast goes against trying to explain something that's not explainable. So to explain a cup on a table or a key fob on a hook is so difficult. And this is what I, this is where this becomes about suffering, not because I'm trying to do that, not because I'm trying to do that for you for this podcast. Not that's not the suffering. The suffering that I'm trying to allude to and I'm getting to is the suffering that we put on ourselves when we associate meaning to something that has no real meaning and like I said it happens all day long I just did it with a dog I'm doing it while I walk I'm observing that it's the time of year that we're at it's a little bit lighter every day and I'm noticing that some of the street lamps are on and some of them are not depending on where their sensors are and I make an assumption about that that it's about time which time is a whole other ball of frosting and we can get into another time time uh -huh. it all has this idea that we take in data we take in this data we take it in 
with our eyes, our ears, our skin. Maybe we feel it in our bodies in some way. We take in this idea of things around us, events, the wind, um, the sun, other people. I mean, the list is, is quite literally endless. It's all the things that we see in the day, all the things we experience in the day. Even if you're blind or and deaf, you still have touch. And even if you're blind, deaf, and don't have touch, your body can feel things. Um, probably you feel them more intense, intensely than someone who uses those other senses on a daily basis. But we all take data in, and we all judge it, try to figure it out. And the part that gets us spun up in suffering is the part that comes after the thing. So it's a cup on the table. If that cup represents, in my mind, a good time or a bad time, every time I see that cup, I think of that good time or bad time. And maybe if it's a bad time, I start to suffer without actually seeing what that thing really is, which is just a cup, a glass on the table. It's neither here nor there. It's not good or bad. It's not evil or wicked or spiritually safe. We do that with objects. We, we decide which ones are bad and which ones are good. A swastika is a bad symbol. And, uh, you know, to many people, a cross is a good symbol. So we have these, these ideas about things and we put these judgments on them and then we start to live in those realities that we've created based on something that's not real. The cup doesn't hold anything. Well, it can hold water, but let's skip that for a second. The cup doesn't hold any memory in it. it doesn't hold that memory for you. You hold that memory for you. And you put that memory, that frosting on the cup and you create suffering from that. And you might do that for decades before you one day realize, I need to get rid of the cup, or I need to stop looking at the cup as if it's bad or makes me feel sad. It doesn't do any of those things. It just sits there. We take these things in during the day. We take in these ideas about things into our minds and we cause ourselves hurt and pain. Maybe you see someone who's abused you in the past and you associate all that abuse with that person and that person is living inside themselves with all of their suffering from all of their things and we're all doing it. And because we don't really notice we just suffer, at least on a low level, probably all the time.
So if we make the assumption that we're all suffering all the time at some level over things, can we then make the leap that because we choose that suffering, that's a leap, we choose it, because we suffer, we all are contributing to the suffering of ourselves, and that suffering within ourselves is an energy that we share out into the world with our attitudes and our words, our postures, our actions. And that's how we co-create this suffering in the world. We do these things based on judgments about a thing. Let's go back to the cup. Let's say the cup has some energy around it that we decide is negative. So maybe the cup, well, let's go back to the keychain. Keychain's better at this. Let's say that the keychain has good memories from a honeymoon. And now the marriage has ended in a bad way and the keychain no longer has good memories. It has been attached bad memories. So if the keychain has bad memories attached to it, it's because we have done that. Let's say I have done that to make it easy for me to say this. I have a keychain. It had a great memory attached to it. So when I held it or when I turned my car on and I saw it or when I opened the door to my house and I saw the keychain from Yellowstone, which I don't have a keychain from Yellowstone, but whatever. Um, the memory was good. I had a good feeling, good judgment. So I've attached these things to it. And now the marriage has gone sour been a bad divorce attached to it and every time I see this keychain I just feel lousy I want to be angry I get angry get frustrated I think about that time and I think how could I have been so stupid or how could this how could my ex-partner have been so stupid or I was stupid because I thought this would work all along and it never was gonna and I La, 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 right? It just goes on and on and on. The suffering just goes on and on and on. And I don't do anything about it. I don't, I don't get rid of the keychain. Why would I not do that? Why do I need that frosting attached to that cake? The reality of that keychain has nothing to do with that time other than what I've attached to it. Keychain was probably made in a foreign country by people paid not enough money and I bought it because I thought it would represent something. And sure enough, I let it represent something. I did that. I chose the frosting. I choose the color and the taste and the texture and the depth. I don't, know, I don't want two bowls of frosting on there. I want three and I want them all to be good. And then I want the frosting to be bad. I choose that. I choose to attach things thoughts to things and then the thoughts create emotions and feelings and I react and it's just a spiral of suffering from there until I choose not to and there's some ways to choose not to there's 
you know, the simple one is give it away to a thrift store or throw it away and waste it, smash it with a hammer, get some of that energy out. There's a lot of ways to do that. But I guarantee you that until you get in touch with what you have attached to it and why, it doesn't matter if the keychain's there or not, because now you still have that, that keychain without the key fob on it. And now you might think about the times that the key fob was on there because you haven't worked out what's going on there. That's about the process of healing from all different levels of trauma and and all different levels of experience. A whole other podcast right there. We will circle back around to that again another time. What I'm trying to get across here is that everything we see around us, everything we hear, everything we take in is simply being. A fence is just standing there being a fence. It's not really doing anything. It's just a fence. And how many times have I heard people say, oh, I don't like that fence. It's made of plastic or it's brown or it doesn't match the house or they shouldn't put up fences or they should put up fences. The fence is a good example of how we spend our day attaching meaning and then emotion and feeling and then reacting. So I don't like that sense because it's white plastic, let's say. Just the, just the attaching the, it's white plastic. It's just, a, it's just, it just is. Let's just accept that something, everything just is until we attach meaning to it. The fence is white plastic and therefore it means I don't like it because I don't like white plastic because it's bad for the environment, whatever. All of that's just a bunch of story that we use to justify not liking the fence. I like wood fences, but I also know wooden fences don't last forever because wood rots and it gets decayed. It's part of the process of the earth. As soon as you cut wood, the earth is desperately trying to decompose it, diligently trying to decompose it, get it back to being part of the cycle. So when we put up a wood fence, we know the minute we finish it, the clock is ticking on that fence. Going to have to replace it one day. It's just the reality of wood. So some people get plastic fences because they'll last longer. Is that true? I don't know. They get the compressed plastic wood fake stuff that is supposed to last for 100 years. Does it? I don't know. Some people buy into that. Not saying that's good or bad, the buying into part. I'm just saying when we think about reality as just being something that it is, it's everywhere around us reality, the reality of things, the reality of sound, the reality of the frequencies of light and sound that we hear and don't hear and see and don't see. All of these are realities that as humans we live in 
every day and they create suffering when we choose that to be the way it is. So go back to the key fob. If I'm able to disconnect from the suffering of that item or the joy of that item, I can see it for what it is. A key fob that goes on my keychain. It could say anything, it could look like anything, doesn't matter. It just is what it is. And as soon as we attach some kind of idea to it, we then start to react to it. And in the bigger scheme of things, and the reason I break this down to such a low level is that we, like I said, we do this all day long. And so we suffer all day long at different levels all day long which is stress on our bodies and stress on the people around us. It stresses me. I feel the stress. Maybe I act in a stressful way in front of people. They feel my stress. They start to contemplate why I'm feeling stressed. They make up a story about while I'm feeling stressed, while I'm feeling it afterwards when they think about it. Maybe my actions create stress. That's really the key here, right? Reality is the cake, the batter that we cook in the oven. That is reality. It's just this cake that we now have sitting on the counter, cooling off. And that's all it is. And then we start to pile on the frosting, a little bit at a time, one scoop at a time. Just piling it on. And the suffering gets deeper and deeper. And the anger and the frustration gets deeper and deeper. And we act on those things. And we do things we regret. Or we choose not to do things and we regret that. We live our lives in this human condition of judging reality. I got an email yesterday just words on an electronic screen. And while I sit here and tell, well, I'm not sitting, while I walk and tell you about meeting reality basically as it is and not putting stuff on it, I didn't meet reality as it was. I met reality with 30-something years of time with this person, and that those words were that key hob. <laughs> it's just... That cake has so much frosting on it, all different colors and shades, and I'll be honest, I can't get next to or near any of what was the good frosting anymore. I don't know where that's at on the cake, but it's pretty hard to find for me. That's my work. That's my suffering that I'm choosing. And I did step back and take a look at how I was judging the words. It was just words on a screen. That was the reality. And I was attaching all this stuff to it. So when I sat with it for a while, I got in touch with my defensiveness and I got in touch with my anger. So I was getting in touch with all of this, the frosting, right? And I was able to scrape off a lot of it. Sometimes all I need to do is notice it. 
and it takes the power out. Notice I'm feeling angry. Notice I'm feeling frustrated. Notice I have other things to do and I don't want to deal with this right now. Noticing how I feel sad. And yet, I didn't get all the frosting off, but I did get enough off to effectively respond to the email from a more centered place, a more graceful place, a place of less suffering for me. Um, and when I hit the send button and I noticed how I still felt the frosting of that time, I had added some more frosting where there used to be less, I put a little more on. So I took some time, took a deep breath, noticed the frosting I was adding, remembered that it's all just words, and that I don't believe I have any control over how someone de deciphers those words. Just like I don't know how you in intake these words that I'm saying now. They might make you feel angry. They might make you feel sad. They might make you turn this off. They might make you think, man, this guy's got his shit together. <laughs> Let's hope that's not the case because I've got some of my shit together, but there's a lot more to do in my life to find a place of the least amount of suffering I can find and move through this the rest of my life and the rest of my days in a more graceful way than I have in the past. So we come back around to realities like a cake. Right now I'm out here and I'm walking. That's it. It stops right there. If you saw me walking, you would start to build a story, start to build frosting on the cake. He's wearing, what color hat am I wearing? I'm wearing a Michigan, University of Michigan hat that I've had for 25 years. It's all faded and got sweat all over it. And you might think that's something X. You might think that is X. I'm wearing an old sweatshirt. That's Y. And you might notice that I'm wearing shorts. And you might think, how can he do that? It's cold or whatever. So now you build the frosting for the cake that is me. And we do that every day with all kinds of people, with all kinds of things, all 8 billion of us doing this, this dance of suffering together. And as we wind this down, my question is always, what the hell for? What are we doing this for? What the hell? What the fuck is this for? That's the uh, existential question, right? What the hell are we doing this for? And some people say we're supposed to learn lessons, and other people are like, ah, it's just like you're a bug. You're just doing your life, and shit happens, and you just deal with it. And maybe sometimes somebody steps on you, and that's the end of it. There's other people that think many other different things. And I don't believe anybody has that answer yet. And I'm not sure that it would ever matter what the answer is. I kind of am of the 
the, the mindset that we're, we're just learning. We're not here to learn. We are here to experience this experience. And however that turns out, it turns out. And at some point, we get to find out maybe what this is all about. And maybe we don't. But while we're here, wouldn't it be better to suffer less? Wouldn't it be better to notice how we suffer and reduce that? Because when we reduce it for ourselves, we reduce it for everyone else. Isn't that better? Isn't that more noble, more graceful? Isn't it just less painful? Why the hell do we do this? Why do we do this? Why are we set here in whatever way we're set here, whether it's just because we're like a bug or because some, as some people believe, aliens came and put us here or, or all the other reasons people can come up with for why we're here or how we got here. We evolved from little things that crawled out of the ocean, whatever it is. I don't have a judgment about any of that because I don't really care. I don't really care how we got here because right now is all we have. And right now we create suffering for ourselves and each other. And I just wonder what the purpose of that is. And I've had lots of people discuss this with me or argue it with me and they think they know the answer. And all you got to do is say, prove it. Show me the data. I understand believing I understand faith. I understand hope. I understand dreaming. But no one has the data to know why we're here to do this process that we're doing. All of us are doing. We're all humans. We're all, we're all pooping, peeing, and suffering, right? And eating. Breathing. Doing the basics. The basics are the cake. The frosting is everything we pile on it from all the suffering because you don't like someone who's a lesbian or you don't like something because it's the color green or you don't like something because it's not your political party. You don't like something because fill in the blank. Anytime you're filling the blank, you're adding frosting. So I think I've talked enough about frosting and cakes for the day. Feeling a little bit, um, I guess I'm feeling the weight of that, the weight of the frosting right now. Um, my, my ability to absorb this has a limit. My ability to um, sit in this space does have its limit. Right now I'm watching these two dogs sprinting across this grassy field chasing a tennis ball and I find joy in that. I want to be in that space. The frosty on those dogs is that they're having fun. They're running around. They're getting their dogness going and I enjoy that. So I'm going to stop here and thank you for coming. And thank you for any amount of 
suffering you can take out of your world today because whatever you take out of your world today is a little sliver of less suffering in this world that you take out for the rest of us. So thank you for your time. And we'll catch you next time around. Hey, thanks for dropping in. I appreciate you coming and listening. If you have a question or comment you'd like to pass on to me or have me answer at another time on another podcast, you can send that to bbotpodcast at gmail.com. And on your way out, I offer that you hit the subscribe or follow button. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to yourself and be kind to others.